Happy 2023! Oh my god, another year with Amy and Nikki on the IBS Freedom Podcast. Lucky you. <laughs> can I can I reveal a secret? We're recording this in 2022. <gasps> well, okay, the episode is posting on like Monday the 2nd. So I feel like most people will will understand that we didn't record it like the day before. Right. Um, we're we're coming to you from the yes, past, is what we're basically. Right. That's right. We're the ghost of New Year past, which that will seem more appropriate later on in the episode, I think. I'll show you. I have something planned for probably later in the episode, so you'll see. Um, But yeah, I thought, you know, uh, a a year or two ago, I don't remember which, we talked about detoxification as the New Year episode, because I feel like everybody does like a detox or a cleanse or a juice cleanse. Um, I think also this is a, a time of year where a lot of people are trying to work on their mental health as well as their physical health. And, uh, I posted a reel the other day saying that anti-fragile is going to be like my word of the year to kind of work on myself. So I thought what better way to start out 2023 than to talk about self-care and self-love and, and, some stuff that you could do to just take care of your mental health in addition to your physical health. Yeah, no, I love it. Well, and I I feel like too, it's, it's, I think, depending on how you view things, but I, I typically think that stress management and self-care are like hand in hand. Mm-hmm. And I feel as though self-care is just meeting your needs. It's like the simplest way to think about it in my mind. Like what, sounds good to you in the moment or like what do you feel like you're running low in or like what how do you need to fill your tank um so to speak is kind of how I view self-care um I sometimes I'll have clients ask themselves like each day for like a week like what do I feel like I need today or like Mm. what do I feel like sounds good today to do like what what would bring me joy whatever the question is like asking yourself some variation of that question and just seeing what comes up. Sometimes I'll even have them like write it out and just look at the list and say, you know, are there consistent themes that come up a lot? Like, is it maybe you're needing connection? Like you would really love to go out to eat with a friend or like call a friend. Like, is that something that Mm -hmm. comes up a lot? Maybe you can't do everything that comes up each day, but like, are there consistent themes? Like maybe you need connection or maybe you need creativity. Mm. Cause what sounds good is like playing my instrument or, um, painting or coloring or something like that. Or what's coming up. Is it, um, just total relaxation, like candles, bath scenario, or, um, maybe it's nature. Maybe it's kind of like going outside. Maybe it's an adventure. Like you want to travel more or something like not that you could necessarily do that every day, but like maybe that's just something that you're itching to do. Um, but yeah, I think that like, to me, the simplest way to think about self-care is like, how can you better meet your needs? Um, it's kind of how I would describe it. I don't know if you think of it in a similar vein or not. I think so too. Yeah. I think that's a good way of explaining it. And I, I like the idea of like assessing your needs first mm-hmm. and, and it adult life is so hard, right? Like <laughs> we don't know half the time it's the quintessential, like when we're kids, 
if somebody says like, what do you want for Christmas, little boy or little girl, you would rattle off 32 <laughs> things in like a nanosecond. But if right. you ask a grown up what they want for Christmas, they'll be like, um, I don't know, like a Kohl's gift card so I can get a new pair of jeans. Right. <laughs> like it's always boring shit. And I, I think that part of that is because presumably by the time you're an adult, you have some money. And if you want something, you're just going to buy it for yourself anyway. But um, there's also that element that like a lot of adults kind of lose ourselves and we mm. lose touch with like what our wants and needs actually are. Uh, or we know what we want and need, but we've been told no so many times right? that like we don't even think it's possible anymore. So just kind of tuning in. I, I like the idea of just writing it down every day and then like looking back at the list and seeing if there's any theme. I feel right. like all of mine would be like lay on the couch in my pajamas and watch Netflix right. and eat chocolate. Like that would be mine every single day, I think. So maybe mine um, requires like more just... or less psychoanalyzing than, than another's. Well, I feel like again, like, you might just need more chill time mm -hmm. really like to recalibrate like kind of veg time which is perfectly reasonable like i think we all need veg time mm -hmm. we don't need to be productive all the time yeah um to recharge so yeah and i, I think too like um it, it also doesn't have to become a full-time job either like i do think some people take like they will sometimes like try to self-care their way out of certain things too. Like, again, they, mm. they take it a little bit too far. Mm. Um, again, like you don't need a massage every day, but having a massage like every couple of weeks, if that seems, if that's reasonable to you, like from a financial standpoint and feels really good yep. for your body, maybe that's something that you do and kind of make, um, put aside some money for and put aside some time to do. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I think again, like usually I think it's reasonable to try to do something each day, even if it's 10 to 15 minutes. And I think that's part of the problem is sometimes people think they have to like find something like meditate for 60 minutes a day. Mm. You know, they think they have to go to this extreme point to find um value or to get benefit and i think again like sometimes even 10 to 15 minutes of something each day can help now there might be times where you could go a little bit more than that like again on the weekends or something but even starting with like a, a 10 to 15 minute chunk of time that's just yours and you can like figure out what that looks like it might change day to day i think also the people that are the best at self-care don't do the same thing each day like they mm -hmm. again meet their needs in the moment so that moment's changing day to day so maybe one day you need to just go outside and sit for 15 minutes or 30 minutes or whatever it is and then another day you just need to call your mom and vent about some stuff um or you need to take a bit a long bath another day like i think you can kind of have a list sometimes i'll even have people make a self-care menu so with mm -hmm. the themes that come up mm -hmm. write out like the main things that you feel like generally fill your cup and feel really good that you can do more on a daily basis um and have put it somewhere you can see it so yeah. it's on your desk or on your refrigerator or somewhere that you can kind of be reminded of it 
and just you look at it like a menu like what sounds good to me um i I know these yeah i know these things generally feel good like i i enjoy doing them um yeah it's just like what what flavor of self-care sounds good in this moment today could vary day day to day so i i find that the people that sometimes are the best self-care managers are the ones that can do different things and be flexible versus like maybe meditating every day for 15 minutes Mm. because again like sometimes that might not sound good maybe going outside for 15 minutes would feel more energizing and um meet your needs in that moment or calling a friend for 15 minutes might feel better for your body and better for where your needs are that day than meditating well and and a you and your needs are going to change from day to day but b like the the environment around you is going to change a bit. So like I've, I've been getting a kick out of just walking laps around my block and I feel kind of dorky. Cause I'm like, <laughs> just going around in a circle. Uh, but I find that enjoyable. I'll like Marco Polo, you and some other friends. And I get to get a little bit of sun on my face, but you know, on a day that's kind of drizzly, like today, maybe I think it's going to drizzle later. I don't, really feel like walking outside or if it's really cold because I'm cold every day of my life anyway I'm less inclined to go outside walking like I will go out and walk the laps in the neighborhood in the dead of summer in July in North Carolina and I'll sweat but I'll be fine doing that but if it's cold and I'm like bundled up and miserable that's not as enjoyable for me um so you know maybe that day I do sit on my butt and watch Netflix for half an hour maybe I you know, do some stretching or some breathing or something on my lunch break. Maybe I do some fitness martial. Maybe I just binge some K-pop and sit on my butt watching some K-pop for a while. Um, But yeah, I I like the idea of the menu. And of course, my artsy fartsy brain immediately goes to like, oh, I bet there's a template in like Canva and you could make it and then you could print it in color and then like laminate it. Yeah, you know, like a real menu, and then yeah, like pit it up somewhere. Um, yeah, that's just kind of fun to think about. Yeah, no, again, like I, and I feel to just assessing your your skill set at self care and like what your history has been too can sometimes be interesting because. Not that I don't think my family, I mean, I'm one of four kids, so my parents were super busy, but I don't necessarily think it was modeled to like rest. Like it was, it was more modeled to go a hundred percent all the time, like hard work and like that sort of mentality. So the idea of like rest being super important was not necessarily something that I was modeled so again like sleep uh, you'll sleep when you're dead that kind of mentality like yeah you know you, you bite off a t- you're doing a million different activities at one time mm. um you know you're working really hard at school you're not necessarily doing really any stress management um yeah. so yeah i i don't uh-huh. necessarily think that that was super well modeled for myself so it's been something i've had to work harder at and again just realizing that and giving yourself some grace too um because there's definitely moments where 
or weeks, maybe like a week goes by and, and I'm more aware of this now, but like, whoa, like I haven't really been doing much self care this week. Um, but I, and I'm feeling it. Um, Mm. and I think even just starting, if you're not really super someone that's done self care a lot or done, been really attuned to that, even just building awareness around where you're at. (laughs) Like if you're someone that just has never done self-care and it wasn't modeled, it might feel very foreign to you and that's Mm -hmm. okay. Just kind of, it might feel like a waste of time. Yeah. And just trying some different things too. Maybe you don't know like what type of self-care activities are going to be the most beneficial to you. So you can try to kind of figure out what sounds good. um, But you might have to experiment with some stuff and maybe you whittle it down to like five things that just really seem to like fill up your, tank Mm -hmm. and recharge your battery um but yeah i think even just the simple fact of building awareness around kind of where you're where you've been on your self-care journey throughout your life um can sometimes help you move forward as well yeah yeah and i think um pointing out that it wasn't necessarily modeled is important because i bet a lot of people feel the same way i would say for me Um, luckily, like my family always valued sleep. Like if I, which maybe led to some unhealthy circadian rhythm stuff actually for me, but like, if I, if it was the weekend, my parents would let me sleep in and they would always have the mentality of like, oh, she clearly needs the extra rest. Right. Right. And like, she'll wake up when she's well rested, but then I would sleep in until like noon (laughs) And right. then my circadian rhythm would be all out of whack. Um, but luckily, like, my family has generally prioritized sleep. Or they did when I was growing up, certainly. Um, but yeah, I don't I don't even think I come from, like, a super high-achievey family, necessarily. And, like, my parents weren't super hardcore about, like, you have to get A's or you're a failure. Uh, there was definitely discussion around, like, you need to go to college. But right. And it was clear, like, that was an expectation, but there was never this, like, you know, the grades aren't good enough or you're not doing enough extracurricular kind of stuff. Um, But what I think I've seen modeled is, like, you, you work, you work hard and don't really prioritize self-care and stress management Mm -hmm. on a day-to-day and then you reach a point where, like, you just spontaneously combust into flames. (laughs) and collapse right and then maybe you have a little bit more awareness like self-awareness for a short period of time after that because you kind of learn a lesson but then you kind of fall back into old habits um and like i've seen my mom kind of do this sort of stuff love you mom but you know like she'll she'll kick her own ass at work and and like work really hard and she'll, I've seen it several times. She'll go through cycles. The red flag that I've seen with her when she used to work in like an actual office instead of virtually was she would tell me sometimes that for like weeks or months at a time, she would say something like, well, I don't drink water during the day because I don't have time to pee. Oh God, like yeah. she would basically intentionally dehydrate herself all day because she could not take a pee break. And I would always kind of tell her, like, like, okay, I know that you're like a high mucky muck in your job. I know you're important, right. but 
everybody deserves to pee. Right, right. And everybody deserves to like hydrate their body. I guarantee if you like expressed this need or this concern to like your assistant who does the scheduling or the people you're going into a meeting with or so like, I guarantee most human beings would understand if you need to wrap up the meeting by like five of because you need to go take a pee break before your next meeting starts. Right. But she would go through phases for like weeks or months where, because I would ask like, you know, are you doing better hydrating or like, how are you feeling? And she's like, oh, I'm too busy to to drink water. And that was always kind of red flaggy to me of like, mm, yeah, that spontaneous combusted to flames time is coming around the corner. And then sure enough, like the the one I've mentioned here before is the geyser of a bleeding ulcer. Oh right. When that just like hit her out of the blue and it was a combination of NSAIDs and stress and just like running herself into the dirt. And, uh, you know, with, with my mom, it's definitely go big or go home. <laughs> like, right. She doesn't just gradually come to an awareness of something. I find it's, it's gotta be like combusted to flames in a spectacular blaze of glory. And then maybe you get some self-awareness after the fact, but then, um, but then the cycle kind of continues. I find at least, with her. Um, right. And I find myself like worrying about her again. But that's, if anything, that's kind of what's been modeled for me is like, right. you know, you kind of ignore your needs, ignore your needs, ignore your needs. And then. Right. Well, I, that's similar. I feel like to my, my parents, both my parents were very successful. My dad retired. Um, and my mom's successful. She's a business owner. And it's like, Again, they go, 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 go. Like, again, they're, I think it, the best way to think about it is just grind culture. Like, they will mm-hmm. just grind it out. And I think it's similar to like not peeing. And we know tons of clients that do this, like not taking a lunch break. We've talked about this before. Yeah. That is an act of self care to even just take a lunch break. But I know, again, like at times my mom's blown through lunch and she, like, I'll talk mm-hmm. to her and she's like, oh, I haven't eaten anything all day. And she's like, generally drinking a Coke, like just to kind of keep, keep things, um, you know, mm-hmm. afloat from a blood sugar standpoint, God, but like, I'm like, sure it's going to, okay. right. So, and yeah. I, I, do you know, I, like, do you think it's similar, like to your parents just kind of grinding? And the one thing I yeah. will add to that too, like, so I always notice it with my mom, like just not taking lunch breaks. But um, I think that there's like a grind, grind, grind. And then like, let's just take a vacation. And that'll like de-stress. That'll fix it. Right. Like, let's just take a one week a year. And it's, and that's great. Like, I think everyone should have time away. But when you don't do any self-care throughout the year, Mm. but that's like just the one week that you're going to fit it all in. Yeah. um, I'm sh- it can be totally rejuvenating. My family's always prioritized vacation and, tr- and traveling. They really love doing that. Um, so I'm happy about that from a self-care standpoint. But like, if that's kind of the only self-care th- that you're prioritizing or like, a yeah. you know, the, the main one and you're not doing things on a regular basis, it could be a red flag. Well, it's it's kind of analogous to what we sometimes have discussed where it's like, I think on some level, a lot of patients and a lot of practitioners want to find the bad boogeyman. Mm -hmm. Like they want to find the candida or the SIBO or the Klebsiella because the implication is, oh, if I just kill it, then 
Like, I don't have to work on anything else. I could just kill the Klebsiella and I could take like two months of oregano and then I'm done with it. And it's, or like, I could just do elemental for two to three weeks and it's totally going to suck. But it's like, I think a lot of us are more willing and more familiar with the concept of like ripping off the band-aid, right. cramming something into like a really short amount of time and then continuing with our shitty lifestyle or shitty behavior. Right. Like doing something day. like as a therapy, you know, yes. like versus a lifestyle shift. Yeah. Like, does it make more sense to try to eradicate the SIBO? Using air quotes here, people, just so you know. Does it make sense to eradicate the SIBO with a two to three week stint of elemental diet? And then have it like relapse and come back and have all these other issues? Or does it make more sense to like work on your sleep, work on your stress, you know, pay attention to like the diversity of the fibers in your diet and make sure that you're well nourished and like do all of the boring shit that we talk about on this podcast. Yeah. Uh, but a lot of people just want to rip off the bandaid and be done with it. And again, I think it's like, A, they want to feel better sooner, like yesterday. Right. And there's always that like allure with things like antimicrobials and antibiotics and elemental diet. But then there's also that like element sometimes of I don't want to change my life. I just want to be done with this and right. live my same life. And it's like, yeah, that might not be in the cards. Right. So yeah, like, I don't want to manage my stress on a day to day. I just want to take a vacation once a year. Like, right. Okay. Okay. Uh, right. I don't know about your family too. But my mom, a little bit similar to that. But then, like, she's kind of putting all the eggs in one basket. So what my mom tends to do is she tends to jam pack the vacation schedule with 8 million gazillion things. <laughs> so it's actually not restful. We all like we always have fun on vacation. But we always come back saying that we need another week to recover from the vacation, right? Because my mom just like crammed so much stuff in. And she would do that when I lived across the country, and we would come home for the week. And she would like cram everything into that week that we were home. And she would do that when she visited me in California or Arizona, or if we've gone anywhere else for vacation. But it's kind of like, okay, slow down, woman. Like maybe have some buffer time to just do nothing on vacation. That might be nice. Right. Well, it's such an interesting point. I know I I was in a, I was in a group called Practice Growers. Um, it's like a local, a local company has these circles and it was for people that were other business owners, like trying to either like grow their business or like just manage their business better. Mm. We all had like practices. It was mostly therapists and then me. Mm. Um, and I remember one of the therapists talking about how whenever she'd go on vacation, she would have like two to three days of just like kind of she'd still work, but it would just be she would ease back in from vacation, which mm -hmm. I thought was just such an interesting concept. Like usually we're like trying to get everything like finished before vacation. So it's like stressful before. And then everyone's jammed in that week after, you know, so it's stressful mm -hmm. after. So I even think like even managing your schedules around vacation so that it is like you do have some of that built-in ease time so if you have like jet lag yeah. or something i thought that was an interesting concept but yeah I, th I think you're right like sometimes vacations aren't even really overly restful um yeah. they could be fun right but maybe not relaxing at right times. right Right. Like you're adventure. filling a need, you're filling the self-care need for like adventure and like fun, mm -hmm. but not necessarily if you need like just rest. 
yeah, if that's really something you need to incorporate more of, it might not mm-hmm. be the solution if you're going on like a jam-packed European vacation or, yeah, you know, you might need yeah. a do- another vacation of just like beach time or just more self-care throughout your week in general. Mm-hmm. Make more time for rest. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that's... I, I like that idea because, yeah, it's... What did you... You called it recently um, in a polo that we were doing back and forth to each other. Did you call it the Sunday scaries? Oh, yeah. I think. Like, yeah. kind of same idea. If you go on vacation for a week and you just... You try to unplug cold turkey, that day before you go back to work is oftentimes very stressful. Right. And yeah. you're dreading what you're going to see in your email inbox that following Monday because you know damn well it's built up for a whole week. Right. Um, so yeah, just like easing back into it or having a partial schedule or again, like coming back from your vacation a day or two early so you have a day or two at home. Um, that could be helpful. I, I do want to say something before I forget to go back to the like take a damn lunch break and drink water during the day point <laughs> <Right>. earlier. <laughs> Um, I will say there are two professions that uh, two professions that come to mind that that might be a genuine impossibility for. Um, I think that probably 90 something percent of you listening to the podcast right now could schedule time in like right. no matter what you do, if you work for someone else, if you work for yourself, I, I bet if you tried, you could schedule time to take a pee break couple times a day, and you could schedule yourself like a 20 or 30 minute lunch break. Uh, it might take a little effort. And some people might get cranky with you initially doing that. But like, people don't generally like it when you set up new boundaries anyhow. Right. But um, the two that come to mind are like school teachers. Mm-hmm. Just good luck. I think especially young kids. Yeah. Um, by the time the kids are in high school, you could hypothetically see that like they're more self-sufficient you just you know the bell rings they bolt out the door you don't have to like walk them to the cafeteria you don't have to necessarily supervise them the same way so like maybe high school is a little bit better off at middle school but like elementary school teachers especially I've worked with several of them Mm. as as patients over the years and like just talking with my own daughter's teacher it sounds like these people just they get maybe 10 minutes absolute maximum right and they're just like scarfing something down and hoping for the best and they're (laughs) so they're so overworked and underpaid and underappreciated and their schedule because it's like the class concludes that you have to corral all the children and walk them to the cafeteria and then you might have to supervise them while they eat their food and then you have to like walk back to your classroom and maybe set up the lesson for the next lesson and then you are left with like five or ten minutes right that's just really challenging and i feel like if i was in that kind of work I would rely a lot on like, like bars and soups and smoothies and right something you um, can kind of like eat quickly or sort yeah. of like eat while you're like if you're doing a smoothie you can kind of take a sip while you were teaching or something. Yeah, I'm, I'm picturing a lot of like liquids or mushy foods. Probably right. I would rely on a lot. Um, The other one is, and I'll kind of say broadly, because this encompasses many different professions, actually, I will say hospitalists. Yeah. So like doctors and nurses and people who work in a hospital and they're seeing patients in a hospital setting. (sighs) Good luck. Again, I've worked with nurses, I've worked with with doctors and like, 
just, it's so hard. And even private practice doctors and nurses sometimes face the same situation because it's in like an insurance model type of practice and their schedule is just jam packed and they have to catch up on chart notes while they eat their lunch. And it's just a horrible, shitty situation. Um, Right. So yeah, I don't, other than like liquids and mushy foods like yogurt and hummus, I really don't know another or like, if I don't know if any of those jobs are unionized. Like, can you like strike and, and demand a 20 minute lunch break right. for the nurses and doctors? Like, I don't know. Um, but shy of doing that, I don't think your employer is just going to be like, we're worried about you guys. We want to make sure that you have a lunch break. But I don't know. There's got to be a way to give these poor people a lunch break. I yeah. feel bad for everybody who works in a hospital or like an insurance model type practice. Yeah, I know. One patient comes to mind that had just raging Hashimoto's issues, like crazy high antibodies, um, could barely stay awake. Like mm. when she'd like drive to appointments, cause I saw her actually in person mm. would like struggle to stay awake on her car ride in wasn't, she was a surgical nurse, which like makes me more ner- like again, like yeah. so she's not getting any sunlight all day. It was like in the winter. She'd go into yeah. like these long surgeries, like these eight hour surgeries. And it's like, oh man, that's brutal. And again, like made me kind of nervous because she was so like medically compromised to be doing some of these surgeries. Yeah. But yeah, I think that's so tough. Um I think if you can have a conversation, like if you like your boss and you, cause I've had a few people, I'm remembering an occupational therapist that I worked with who struggled to kind of like see all the patients she needed to see, but then eat a lunch. And I think she talked to her boss if I remember right. And they kind of helped to map out a little bit of time for her. Mm. But yeah, I think it is challenging if you're in a, in a job, in a job like that. Um, Some jobs. Right. Again, my mom like, could. <laughs> my mom could have scheduled a lunch and she just convinced herself that she couldn't. Yeah. So you've got to kind of like be aware of your own bias and your own like filter. Because if I asked my mom at the time, could you schedule lunch? She probably would have said, absolutely not. There's no way. Right. But like, but like after the bleeding ulcer, for example, the geyser, uh, or like after some of these big exploded to bits kind of situations, that's when she would have kind of a wake up call and she would, you know, tell her, her assistant or she would tell her boss or whatever, like, this is non negotiable. And she even got to a point at one point where um, after she had the gastric bypass surgery, uh, she would not only have a full one hour lunch in the middle of the day, like she was supposed right. to have. She would eat her lunch and that it was so cute. She would peer pressure all of her friends and she would make them go on walks with her outside. And she started like a little walking gang and they Aww. would walk around like downtown Boston and they would just go out and like do some laps at like a reflecting pool or they would go do right. some laps on the street and then they'd go back up. But that little walking club would log a pretty fair amount of steps on their little lunchtime excursions. Right. And you know, she she just had this attitude that I loved that was like, uh, fuck this, I'm worth it. Right. And I'm going to take the time that I rightfully deserve. Right. Uh-huh. Stop yeah. it. I dare you. Well, and it was great. She was never healthier. Right. And I, I do think, too, 
um, with some of this stuff. I, I remember like when I worked in corporate at my corporate job, I remember a lot of coworkers that would like eat through lunch just so they could go home earlier. And it's like, ah, like just take some time and go home a little later. Like that yeah. seems like a better trade off. But again, everyone kind of has their own, their own lead brain lesions. Um, we do, but all of us have them. Some are just worse than others. I did want to bring up one that is often talked a lot about in this one um, feed. It's not really necessarily one that I think's overly relevant to us just with our husbands, but I do know like Gallia collaborative. I know I've sent you their information. Um, mm-hmm. They post a lot about like division of labor issues, like meaning there's like usually a mm. higher expectation for women to like run the household. So mm. there's so many women now who have like kids and stuff who are running the household, working full time. And like, they just don't have as, there's just more of an, of a cultural still a more of a cultural res- sort of push. I don't know the right word, but like there's more of a cultural push for women to take on more of the labor than mm. men. So, well, I, th- I think it's that women historically ran the household right, and like did right. the cooking, cleaning, child rearing stuff. And then for a lot of households, it's like, we still have that pre-existing cultural kind of norm, like norm or like assumption, right. like, Oh, obviously you're going to do this stuff. But then now the way the world and the economy is now, like a a lot of women also have careers or we went to college and we want to like make something of our degree that we spend money and time on. And it's like now we basically need both spouses to work in a lot of households. And then it's kind of like, yeah, the the default assumption is, well, obviously the wife is going to take care of these like domestic things right but then you're expected to work too and it's like wait whoa 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 whoa. how did we get duped how did how did we dupe ourselves into doing both jobs um yeah that's a really good point and i think it comes down to modeled too because like i think like our generation and maybe the generation slightly older than us might be like the first the first generation where like maybe the mom wasn't staying at home as much or didn't like Mm -hmm. again like um the mom, I mean, there was still a lot of stay-at-home moms in my group of friends. Um, and I think, again, like, it's getting less and less as time goes on. But, yeah. like, if you were modeled, like, your mom was stay-at-home and, like, that was what was modeled, it might be, like, very easy for you to, like, kind of slip into that role but then also be working. Mm-hmm. And, again, maybe even, like, the husband had a stay-at-home mom your husband had a stay at home mom or something. So like he could slip into the, the father role or like the guy role. That's like, again, just what was modeled for him. Right. So yeah, yeah, I know like that's the thing, like they always talk about on Gallia, you know, how dads Mm -hmm. oftentimes don't know like the pediatrician's name or like they don't set up appointments. Like there Mm -hmm. tends to be way more invisible work that's on women's shoulders invisible in the sense of like you're not necessarily being paid for it or i don't know if invisible is the right word i don't know if that's how they term it um, but it's it's labor mental that, 
I think like mental load or mental effort. I yeah, think mental is maybe load, what I've seen before. But even some of the physical load too, I, I would say, like if you're doing a lot of the housework, but like unpaid labor, the the amount of unpaid labor and organizing and things that women do tends to be a lot higher than what men are doing. And again, mm-hmm. I think there's like modeled how you were modeled growing up. Um, I don't necessarily think that's the case in my own life. Um, I feel like my husband, I think has a flavor of OCD where he cleans too much and like does too much of the domestic, like, but he does cook a lot. He does a lot of like, which I'm grateful for in a lot of ways, but you know, I know with some friends and like just reading a little bit more about it that, and, and even hearing some stuff with clients where you're like, whoa, you have a lot on your plate. Mm-hmm. And there could be some just like rejiggering of what the norm is for you. Like, how can we make this more balanced in your life so that you're not taking on so much of the responsibilities mm-hmm. of a, being a parent or running the household? Like, you need to divvy this up. Um, I've yeah. even worked with some clients too who seem to like that's their identity. Like even some moms mm. that were stay at home moms, like feel as though like, because I have one in particular who's struggled with some health issues and like, it really affects her energy. Um, and so, but she thinks she needs to be doing all the things instead of just like yeah. resting and like letting yourself recover. So there's this back and forth of like, I have to be, you know, doing everything in the household and it's like no you don't even your husband is like saying that you can chill but she gets Mm. a lot of her value from doing identity right doing household chores and running the household but it's like at at her particular stage in the game she was struggling with so many health issues it was making it harder and it was affecting her sense of self and it was like self-worth right it's like we need to maybe uncouple those things. Like you, you aren't just about, you know, you, you aren't just how much you can get done around the house. Like you're so much Mm -hmm. more than that. And again, your family's very supportive. Um, so yeah, Yeah. I, I think sometimes too, it's even doing some of the, um, work mentally, like on your mental health to realize that you don't necessarily have to be productive or like that your value comes from your productivity, or that you have to be what your mom was to you. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, how do you, how do you create again, like more balance in your life with some of the labor um, in your life? I think is also a form of self care that in particular, I think women struggle with more than men, but it could certainly be a man. A man could certainly have a, a problem too. I just think like overwhelmingly it's more of a a woman's issue. Um, Yeah. Yeah. That seems like what I've observed, like culturally. I agree. I, we don't, if anything, we have the opposite problem in our household. We're like, Mike does I know. so we both. much more for yeah, running I've- the household. And I've seen this dynamic talked about where like one spouse, usually the wife, um, is like really overwhelmed with like planning and keeping things running and doing the cleaning and the appointments and the, 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 and the errands. And like, kind of wishing that the other spouse would help. Right. And the other spouse has more of an attitude sometimes of like, let me know what you need help with and I'll help you. Right. But then the the first spouse gets annoyed with them and they're like, well, I shouldn't have to tell you. And 
And I've seen discussions in like social media posts about like, why are you putting the mental burden on that spouse to tell you what to do and be your boss? And I'm like, Oh, that's hard because I see both sides of it. Like I right. tend to be I tend to be the person who's like, let me know what you need help with and I'll help. Right. But like I don't I don't know. I don't know how much I've psychoanalyzed it, but like I don't want to get in the way. Right. Or like if there's a job, like if there's ten things that I could help you with, but there's like one that you really don't want to do, or there's one that I would be way better at, like I would rather like get some direction. And be like, oh, you could help me with 10 different things. But if you could do the laundry, that would be the most helpful. Right. So it's, it's hard because I feel like when I've seen those posts, I totally get where like, typically the woman's side is coming from of like, right. why should I have to tell you? But also, I get kind of the other side because I am more of the person on the other side. So yeah, that's tricky. I think also just mentioning if you have the ability like financially to outsource, right? Like best thing ever. Oh my God. Like, you know, you could outsource. I mean, there are business things that you can outsource. So if you're a business owner, you can have a virtual assistant or you could have somebody do like editing for your podcast or editing for your whatever. Um, But there's even like, you could have cleaners come in every now and then, like once a week or once a month or biweekly to to do certain tasks. Or like you could, uh, there are personal chefs and there are like mail away cooking services like HelloFresh, hashtag not sponsored, where, you know, if you think about it, you're essentially outsourcing the prep and like the shopping part of cooking with something like HelloFresh or Blue Apron, where like a company is mailing you the pre-measured, pre-chopped ingredients for your recipes that week. And then you just have to like execute it and cook it. Um, Or like there, we used to have this really great personal chef in this area. And she was so savvy with like, paleo, gluten free, low FODMAP, low histamine, you name it, and she could come up with recipes and like do batch cooking for you and fill Mm. your freezer with stuff. And she was so great. She moved away. Darn it, Priscilla, come back. Right. But um, in a lot of cities, if you look, if you do like a Google map search for like personal chef or like, you know, food service or something, you'll find either individuals or like food service companies or restaurants that have like a service where they'll either go into your house and prep food, or you can come and like pick up like a week's worth or whatever of of meals that you order ahead of time. Um, So yeah, even outsourcing like cooking and cleaning and prep, again, if it's financially doable for you, that can go a really long way too. Yeah, well, and I I think too, it's another discussion around, sometimes I feel like people do these like big vacations every year. Mm -hmm. And like, that's great. Maybe you you live for that. But I think sometimes too, like, maybe you don't do a vacation this year, but you allocate more money on like a week to week basis doing some of these things that'll just generally lower stress. Or maybe mm-hmm. you do like a smaller vacation um, than like a typical yeah. vacation or something like that, like weekend trips or something versus a big shebang. So there's ways yeah, that right. maybe you could swing it more financially by like cutting back on other things. And I think it just depends on where you're at in your journey, if that makes sense or yeah. not. But yeah, I think outsourcing is a great, a great one. Um, and I think even again, like, uh, even just spending a little bit 
of money each week on like gym membership or spending some money on I did guitar lessons for a while like Mm. you know could some of those things maybe you don't do a giant vacation but having more week things each week that kind of fill your tank versus a big thing at the end of the year or like a one big vacation you can kind Mm. of weigh the pros and cons of each of those those things Um, yeah yeah and and I like travel I like seeing really different places for sure but you know, even like staying domestic in your own country. Now, granted, we live in the United States. So we have this gigantic, very diverse country that we can explore. So staying domestic is like super easy for Americans, I think. Um, But even like for our honeymoon, we, you know, we debated doing like the tropical getaway. Fun fact, I told my would be husband that we should do I, I kid you not, Amy, I proposed an Alaskan fishing adventure oh my gosh. for our honeymoon. Neither of us has fished <laughs> in, you know, 30 years. I think I fished once when I was like five. Right. But neither of us fish. We are not passionate about fishing. We're not passionate about the, any of that. Um, but I found, I don't know, like I was looking up stuff and I've, I've kind of always wanted to see Alaska in the summer because it looks beautiful. And I do really love seafood. Like I would eat seafood every meal of every day of my life and be thrilled to death. But uh, I found this place where like, you get the accommodations for a week. And they hook you up with like the fishing equipment and the rods and what whatnot. And you go out and you can fish and then whatever you catch, they like, descale it and like take you know they do all the prep they take out the guts and the bones and the scales and the fins and they they like portion it up for you and flash freeze it and then they ship it back to your home on dry ice and they were saying i guess like it was it was fairly typical for like each person to catch like a hundred pounds worth of salmon or something i know so i was telling mike i was like yo the honeymoon would pay for itself (laughs) I kept reiterating this. The honeymoon will pay for itself because we're going to pay, I don't know how much to get to Alaska and stay there for the week. But if we essentially work during the honeymoon, if we fish every day of the honeymoon, we could have a freezer full of like two or 300 pounds of, of like legit Alaskan salmon. And we're going to be set and, and we're going to save a ton of money. And so the honeymoon will pay for itself. He thought I was a lunatic. And in retrospect, maybe he was right. But also, I stand by that honeymoon would have paid for itself. Would it have been as enjoyable? Maybe not. But we ended up going to Oregon instead. And we like did one week in Portland and one week on the coast in Oregon. And it was beautiful and spectacular. And again, like domestic, didn't have to learn a new language, didn't have to go all that far, could still like rent a car and drive around and, and whatnot. But there was so much to explore and it was in our own country. It was so much cheaper than going to like, you know, Cancun or the Bahamas or, or whatever. Right. So. Right. I know. It's like, and there's so many vacations that can be a little bit cheaper. Like I even think sometimes going to like the beach, just cause you're like, you could hang out at the beach and not mm-hmm. spend tons of money, you know, can be a yeah. cheaper vacation than skiing, which I love doing, but like you have to pay at least probably a hundred dollars a day for a lift ticket Mm. plus rent skis plus lodging which is super expensive like it's just a very expensive vacation 
Plus, yeah. if you have a family and you're paying for all of their skis and all their lift tickets, like we used to go skiing every year and like, I think it's gotten way more expensive than it used to be in the past. But just thinking like, oh, like if I want to take, like if we have another kid, if I want to take two kids skiing, plus like me and Armand staying at at a resort, like you'll have to auction off kidney. Right. I mean, it's going to be a really expensive vacation. So yeah. Yeah, I um I think that's such a such a good can, point. Can I interrupt you and can you hold that thought for one second? I'm going to bust out the thing that I alluded to earlier. My little moment of self-care while we were recording this. Whoa. I'm taking out my headphones so I won't hear you, Amy. Is my magnificent wearable blanket. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. I love this thing so much. I'm gonna model it for you, good people. It is one size fits all. It is enormous. Oh my gosh. It goes down to the floor and I love it so much. It's funny because it looks so like much. a robe, but it doesn't this, open this from the front. This was my favorite Christmas present thus far this year. Oh, I love and it. It's so cozy, cozy and warm. And if I just don't care what I look like for the rest of the episode, I can look kind of like a Jedi with the hood up. Oh, and yes. now you get this experience for the remainder of the podcast episode. But... um. Yes, Love it. this is my act of self-care today, is recording the remainder of this podcast episode in my truly ridiculous-looking wearable blanket that I love so much. I love it so much, honest to God. Um, yeah. I was saying Good. that when you were, you couldn't hear me, though. I was saying it, it looks like a robe, but it's way better. Yeah. And it doesn't like a, open in the front. Right. It, it, like you, you have to like put it on over your head. But it's funny. There's still like something you can tie. But I think the thing that's tying, it's just like securing the looseness of the blanket to yourself. Yes. Yeah. And it makes you look like slightly less of a shapeless blob. Like right. if I tie it at the waist, I at least have a teeny bit of a waist. But yeah, this thing. Remember like Snuggies? Wasn't that a thing? It was. I, feel like I that's would say way this cooler. is halfway between a heavy bathrobe and a snuggie. Yeah. It's like it's midway between. It's the best of both worlds, I feel like. I I agree. I agree. Um, this was this was my mom's my mom's discovery and I am 100% in favor of it. Oh my god, love it. Um I think one area we haven't talked about which we both very much are pro is just if you feel like you're getting to a point where you need some professional care. Um Again, working with a therapist, if you're feeling like you're really burnt out or struggling mentally, I think that that's a really helpful self-care tool. Um, Even again, like if you're going like once a month or something or once every couple months, even if you can't go every week or something, you know, just having someone that you can talk to and strategize with um, if you're dealing with any sort of mental health challenge can be really important yeah yeah i think that's valid i would also say too like um like marriage counseling yeah for sure too like if you're struggling or if you keep repeating the same fight over and over and over again and that's like a stressor for you then just like getting into some sort of therapy or counseling is also ultimately an act of self-care and self-love you're basically saying like, I'm worth it. My marriage is worth it. Or my relationship is worth it. And right. we're going to, we're going to work on this and improve it. Um, 
and when you you're also telling like your partner that they are worth it to you in some way. Right. So I think, yeah, therapy, therapy, certainly, but also like marriage counseling, that type of therapy, um, grief counseling, like if you're dealing with grief, and that's weighing down heavily on you, there are like grief support groups that you could go to. Um, yeah, I think that seeking help for like mental health struggles and like um, just your mental health and your emotional health in general is huge. Right. Right. Well, and I feel like too, like coming off the pandemic, like coming down from COVID, I feel like everyone, there's a lot more people that are struggling with some mental health challenges. And I feel like part of that is just, we've been in a connection deficiency for, Yes. A period of time. Some might be more in that compared to others. Like, um, you know, depending on your circumstance too. Like I know some people with like older relatives, maybe they live with an older relative or an immunocompromised relative or something like that might've had to been more careful. I've had some clients where they're like still being very careful. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's just like, oh, man, that's like so hard, I think, mentally to be like three years into this thing and still kind of dealing with some uh, connection deficiency. Mm -hmm. Um, But again, we're all kind of like coming off maybe that connection deficiency. And I feel like there's been I don't know. I, I don't know if I don't think like. I am totally up to the level of connection previous. Like, I just almost think like we're, we're in the habit of not connecting as much. Hmm. Um, so it can be kind of weird to get back into the flow of connecting. I feel like now I'm, I'm about to the point I was connecting prior to COVID, but I just even think all of us were almost like socially awkward Nellies after being in your house for however long you kind of isolated. Um, yeah. And again, different well, people you also had, had a baby. That's true. I also had a baby. Um, but yeah, I think, I think that that can, could be a factor too, for people just dealing with some connection mm-hmm. deficiency post COVID. Um, you got to get the rust off. Right. I almost just think like, I've also just not, sometimes it's been nice actually dressing up. Um, Cause I feel like I've really laxed on Rude. some like self care. Right. But like some self-care, like not necessarily like hygiene, but just like self-care from a like, oh, dulling yourself up and like going out. That has felt nice to me at times, like going to weddings and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but like actually kind of like putting time and energy with like how I look on my outward appearance versus normal. I'm generally going to be more slated to comfiness anyway, but there is something like if you haven't really dressed up in a while that you just like forget that it does feel good to just look your best at times. And I do think I've slid into bad habits since COVID with not getting as like dolled up as usual or as frequently as I used to. I, on the other hand, look beautiful at all times. Oh, yes. Well, it's not that we don't look beautiful. It's just... Like, again, I do think like some, you would get dolled up though for your YouTube and stuff. That's true. Although I, I guess it depends. I do all of my Instagram stuff in a t-shirt and jeans. Right. And I do a lot of my YouTube stuff in like, like a nicer t-shirt, if that makes sense. 
You know, like one of the ones you could get from Kohl's that's like a patterned t-shirt, like a mom t-shirt, basically. Um, But yeah, like if I ever wear like a skirt or a dress or a sweater or something, I'm like, I know, look look at at you. Yeah. Yeah. But I do put on makeup once a week when I do filming typically. Right. Um, I had another thought that I wanted to make mention of uh, as we kind of start winding down soonish. Maybe not soonish. So I had polled the dear people on Instagram in a story. And some of the responses I got, uh, I thought were worth sharing. So I'll, if I may, I'll read some yeah. of those. So from the viewers yourself, uh, somebody said, self-care is not a, not bubble baths or candles, but creating a life you do not wish to escape from. Wow, love it. Ooh. That particular person I happen to know is a therapist. So maybe part of the wisdom there uh, coming from somebody trained in this field. But I think that is spot on. It goes back to what we talked about with like the vacation and kind of ignoring your needs. Yeah. And most I, of the year. Well, and I also think it, it goes towards like even pr- pursuing your goals, like, like doing things that help you move forward in your own goals. And um, that can be a form of self care. Like you might have to set boundaries in certain ways to help you get mm-hmm. to your goals. And that I think encompasses that as well, which we haven't really talked about, like making sure yeah. you're, you're, you have goals and you, ha- you are pushing towards something that is important mm-hmm. to you, whether that's like life goals, like again, like general life goals or like career goals, or again, maybe learning a new skill, like me learning the guitar. Like again, like I think you can set up some goals and push yourself to reach those goals and maybe putting some boundaries around those things is to, so to help you accomplish the goals is a form of self-care. Well, and, and that actually ties in with something else too, which would be like a whole nother episode, I think, but the idea of feeling fulfilled in right. your life and feeling like you have a purpose in life, right? Like they've done research on that and they've showed that when you have, when you, people who answer, yes, I feel like I have a purpose in life, or like, I feel like I have a fulfilled life, have better health, health outcomes and health parameters. So that's actually a studied thing. So yeah, just feeling like you're moving towards something that that like means something to you. And you're fulfilled in your life. And you have like, a purpose in life. I think that's really huge. Um, Some other responses that I loved. uh, A friend said, does boba count? Yes. Yes, Becky, uh, you go get that boba tea, girlfriend. For sure, for sure. A lot of people said massages. Like a lot, a lot of people said massages. And then um, my other personal favorite was a local friend of mine. She said, saying no to activities slash volunteering slash events slash projects I don't want to do. Huge. Right. Just saying no and getting some stuff off your dang plate and like preserving your own energy is... I don't know, maybe that's the most important act of self-care you could do is just not overburdening yourself and overwhelming yourself. I feel like for us people pleasers, being able to say no, just in general. Work in progress. I know it's challenging, but yeah, I think knowing when to say no is huge. And, And being okay if the other person is disgruntled with you. Right. 
that's that's important too because like if you say no to a project or a chore or whatever and the other person is pissy with you and then you are all like oh i'm i'm like a bad person and i'm ashamed and now i feel guilty and i'm going to think about this for three hours and my stomach is going to be tied up in knots and i feel so bad and i'm never going to do that again and no 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 like that's not mentally healthy for you you've got to kind of balance like not right. giving a fuck. Right. Like you can't take responsibility for someone else's feelings when you set a boundary. Yeah. As long as it's reasonable and healthy. I right. mean, like you could take responsibility for somebody's feelings if you punch them in the face well, and then yes. they get mad at you. True. So you still want to be like a good person and not, not be a jerk. Right. Right. But as long as it's reasonable and you're just, you know, trying to take care of yourself or do something healthy like, yeah, I, I don't think you can control the other person's reaction to that. Right. If they get upset, like that's more on them than it is on you. Um, but I just, I love that Crystal pointed that out, that the subtractions matter just as much as the additions. And I got into a spot with that a couple years back. It was before we knew each other. I had, um, Jess was about nine or 10 months old. And I just woke up one day feeling like I was hit by a bus. And I remember rolling over and telling Mike, oh my God, I'm tired. I feel like I was hit by a train. And I kind of shrugged it off as like, well, we have a baby and like sleep has been weird since she was born. So maybe that's it. And I just kind of went about my my life. And then the next day and the next day and the next day, it was the same. And finally, like I tested my thyroid. I tested my iron. I tested, you know, the CBC, B12. Everything looked squeaky clean. And it was months later that I figured out what I think was the case, at least, is that it seemed like I had an Epstein-Barr virus flare-up. So I started taking some herbs and managing that, and it it helped quite a lot. But it was months and months after that that I put two and two together and was like, oh, I got the EBV flare-up because I've been wicked, wicked stressed, and I've been burning myself into the ground, and I've been doing way too much. And... I remember that first because I found out I got the test results back from LabCorp on like a Friday and I was driving home and I was talking to one of my best friends and I was like, Paige, you'll never get this. I basically have been walking around with mono. This is crazy. And I'm like telling her about it. And she's like, well, I'm glad you know now. And now you can go home and just lay around for the weekend, stay in your jammies, watch TV, snuggle that baby and you could take care of yourself. And I go, oh, <laughs> damn it. Uh, no, I can't. And here's the problem. Because I had, you know, like, my business was still pretty new. And I was still kind of navigating things. So I was working on weekends, too. So I had, I had volunteered, or I would like, paid to do a booth at, like, some sort of event in that I was doing like a lecture for a local paleo meetup group and kind of doing things to like promote my business, even on the weekends. And I realized looking back, I was like, Oh, I haven't had a weekend off in like a month or two. Mm. And I have a baby and you know, like, like I'm sure other stuff at the same time too. So it took a week or two, but I eventually did start clearing my weekends and making weekends a little bit more sacred but yeah, you need that, yeah. that time to recharge Nikki, especially right after a child. I know. Yeah. I can't well, imagine that was, being in the thick of it now too. 
right? Well, and it was not that long after Jess got her tongue tie clipped. Mm. We got, we found out about that and got it revised like way late in the game. And that was a truly hellish experience for us at least. Yeah. And so we had like basically two weeks of horrible, horrible, horrible stress, like crying every day level stress. Right. Because of the tongue tie revision. And then I also am running myself into the dirt with my business. And also we just have a baby and like sleep is sporadic. And I was still trying to breastfeed as much as I could. And like, yeah, there's all these crazy things. So it's kind of no wonder that EBV took the opportunity to get a little bit rowdy. Yeah, no. As someone that had long-standing mono, I think my mono case just didn't end. It hmm. was like an eight-month thing. My tonsils never decreased, so they were huge. Hmm. Um, also dealing with a lot of stress. Um, I think not sleeping. I was in college, just drinking, not eating well. Um, I switched colleges, so it was kind of in the middle of that, like deciding mm. on where to go, which is more stressful. But yeah, I had my tonsils were so huge that I had to have an inpatient surgery. Um, so like I had to stay overnight Jeez. because my ENT's like, holy moly, like I'm a little concerned with how big these are. Like I just kind of want to monitor you overnight after I yeah. do this. Um, so yeah, it was crazy. But yeah, mono can really just take it out of you um we should probably do like a viral episode and talk about ebv because it is it kind of briefly to give away the point of the episode in the future i you know there's no denying that ebv is associated with a lot of different illnesses like cancer and autoimmunity and you could definitely get reactivated ebv and i don't think it's terribly uncommon even but I actually don't think the virus is the problem. Right. I think it's like the virus is opportunistic and it comes around and, and causes trouble when you're otherwise vulnerable or super, super stressed or not taking care of yourself. Right. Um, but we could certainly do an episode down the road. Cause I, I actually did a lecture for one of those summits years ago with Siobhan Sarna mm-hmm. um, about how like reactivated EBV could be a, like a root cause for IBS and SIBO in some cases. And I talked about the immunology of how that could make sense. Potentially, I was kind of it was all very hypothetical. um, Scientific yet hypothetical. But that was an interesting thing to chew on. Yeah, for sure. Um, We should cover that. I think the only thing that I really the last thing I just want to make sure to cover, which I know we've talked about more of late is just like, your self-talk, like, how do you talk to yourself, I think can Mm. also be super important. So just giving yourself some compassion. We talked about Kristen Neff, her like self-compassion type mentality. And again, like she does some interesting posts about like, you know, you're not being selfish if you're doing self-care or like prioritizing yourself. Um, You're loving yourself so that you can kind of, again, it's all the, the whole thing too. Like you have to take care of yourself to take care of others. Mm -hmm. Um, and Can't again, pour from an empty cup. Yeah. And I think again, just giving yourself some grace and how you talk to yourself, even if you're going through something hard, just kind of acknowledging that you're struggling and trying to be your own cheerleader um, versus kind of getting frustrated with yourself. Or I think it's easy in the IBS space to just like blame your body and mm. kind of talk negatively towards your gut or yeah. 
um, you know, why can't I get better? You know, you can get very frustrated and, you know, mm-hmm. sometimes that's okay. But if it's a, it's a if, if it's a very frequent thing to just like put your body down or put yourself down, um, with your self-talk, you might want to work on the practice of how you can talk nicer to yourself, um, and be more compassionate to yourself. Yeah, I think that's a really solid point. And I've seen this, I forget which one is dominant for what I've seen, like on the internet or talked about before, but I'll, I'll pose a couple of options. Talk to yourself or talk to your gut as though it was your best friend, mm-hmm. or it was your child, or if you're not into kids and you're not into <laughs> friends, I don't, I don't know, um, you could talk to it like it's a puppy. Aww. Like you wouldn't be mean to a puppy, right? right? Or like a, you're kid, a monster your kid. Yeah, unless you're a monster, right. in which case don't listen to our podcast anymore. You monster right. get out of here. But like, you know, pick whichever one of those friend, child, puppy, pick one of those and like talk to yourself with the same level of kindness and understanding that you would one of those. Right. Um, yeah, I, I like that. I, I had one more little brief thing. Yeah. Too. I feel like this, this might be a recurring theme for all of season two at this point. So we could just everybody buckle up for that at this point. But with anything else, I think that there's the potential to get like too into this. Oh, yeah. To the point where it becomes like an OCD obsessive kind of thing. Right. Where it's like, it, if you ever catch yourself being like, super rigid about your self care, and like super inflexible, to the point that it's detrimental to your relationships or taking away from like some aspect of your life. Um, or if you're, if you're kind of like, um, if you're being like super obsessive or like adamant about something, not out of necessity in the moment, but out of like habit or like, this is just what I do kind of a mentality. I just, I would be aware of that. Cause I think with anything, there's a possibility of like taking a good thing too far. So we've yeah. talked about it with like detox and like, it's a good thing to try to avoid unnecessary toxic garbage. It's, I think dysfunctional and pathologic to be like some of the naturopaths I've met at conferences where like, they're like super hyper vigilant and like super obsessed and they won't go to a restaurant unless it's 100% organic. And then they still grill the waitress about like, was this grass fed or grass finished? And it's like, nobody wants to eat with you, Charlie, get out of here. Um, But I think the same thing could happen with self care where it's like, Balance it with everything else, probably. Yeah. Well, and I think there's a couple even more examples. I know we've talked about, like, you know, or at least I've seen this in situations in my life, like, oh, you're leaving a party to go meditate? Like, uh, no, like, stay and be with everybody that you haven't seen in a while. Yeah. Like, you should meditate when and when you have free time, so then you're present. Like, you're more be able to be more present. For your actual life. Right, for your actual life. Like, yeah. or again, like, I think movement can be one. We're like, yes, like mm. movement can certainly be something that's great. But if you're like literally running on empty um, mm. and, and kind of obsessive about workouts and you're feeling really run down, like that's 
problematic. So I think you can take yeah. a lot of self-care too far. Um, and it's yeah. such a great point that, you know, you don't want to become obsessive with some of this stuff. Yeah. Cause then it, you get to a point where the healthy thing isn't so healthy anymore. Right. At that point. Right. Right. Um, and again, I think the thing to look for is like rigidity. Mm-hmm. Um, it, and it was funny by the way that you used the, the example of somebody leaving a party to go meditate, because literally that was one of the ones I was thinking of. I'm going to throw shade at my best friend. So she's never get to see each other. Huh? She's pissed. No, no. So no. <laughs> uh, best friend Mamie lives in uh, in the San Francisco area. I live in North Carolina, so we hardly get to see each other. We rendezvoused in San Diego and went to an IFM conference years ago. This was like 2018. And so we were together for five days. We shared an Airbnb. We went to the conference every day together. It was amazing. And I remember one time, I forget if it was like the first day or whatever, but I remember distinctly that she would like, some of the days she woke up early to meditate, but then there were points where we were just like hanging out and shooting the breeze and having a great old time. And then she'd be like, Oh, I've got to go meditate. And she would literally lock herself in the closet in our Airbnb and go meditate in the closet. And I'd be like, you never get to see me though. Right. <laughs> like we were having fun. Can't you skip it just this once because it's me. Right. But at the time, she was more rigid with her meditation. Now, she has progressed in more recent years. So when I got to visit her in San Francisco earlier this year, um, I don't I don't think she meditated even once when I was there. Great, it was only like two or three days, but she might have done it in the morning and I didn't realize. But she didn't like excuse herself from quality time with me to go meditate. So I think she's come a long way. But at the time, I was like, WTF, man. But also... If that's what you legitimately need, I'm going to respect your boundary and I'm going to let you have your your meditation right, closet talk. time. Right. So funny. Like, respected the boundary, but I did wonder about it a little bit. Oh and I was gosh. very saddened by it. Um, so yeah, that's funny that you happened to use that as an example. No, so. I have a f- I, we have a family member that does that at times. And it's just like, because you'll be like, where is this person? And they're like, oh... Um, they pieced out. Right. They got a little bit feisty one of the last few times she's visited. Um, they were like, I don't know. People were kind of giving her a lot of grief for it, um, which I, mm. I think might have been warranted, but they could have gone about it the, a different way, I think. But yeah, that sort of conversation, a lot of it's in the delivery, probably. Right. Um, yeah. Well, the time flew with this episode. I feel like we could have. We could have talked for longer, but I, I promised my husband that we would, I would help him take the car into the shop and give him a ride home. So I've got a skedaddle momentarily here. That does mean I have to take off my beautiful, amazing, wearable blanket. And I have to put on something. Well, okay, like I don't have to, but can you imagine, heaven forbid, if I got pulled over and I have to like do the finger to nose and the, the walking test in this big outfit Even they would heaven just they forbid, would just heaven forbid some police officer sees your amazing wearable blanket is that what you're saying ed asks where i got it right. well i'm just picturing like especially if the hood is up and i look like a jedi they'd probably just commit me to the loony bin they would skip jail they'd just be like nope nope you don't even belong with with the other people in jail oh you God. belong in the loony bin so anyway i'm gonna peel this off of my body and shed a tear doing so and i'm gonna put on normal human clothing for a bit so i'm 
theoretically presentable if I need to be. Um, oh, also, I need to run in UPS. So I guess, yeah, that kind of seals the deal. I shouldn't go into UPS like this. Um, but as always, guys, thank you for tuning in. Happy New Year. Again, we're like the ghosts of New Year past because we're coming to you from 2022, but you're listening in 2023. So Happy New Year. We look forward to many more episodes here with you on the IBS Freedom Podcast. Come find us on Instagram, find me on YouTube, find us, you know, I don't know if we're either on Facebook much anymore, but um, we'll see you on the internet and we will see you in the next episode. Look, we bored Amy half to death. Sorry, I've, we better get out of here. I have kids. I have a child. <laughs> I have a child. She doesn't sleep. <laughs> Excuses. <laughs> Excuses. All right. Uh, we'll see you later, guys.